Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful Adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet 
with envious eyes. Perception is the key, and the heart yeah. is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find the full show archive, our montages, top news stories, and more. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. We're already at the end of the week, and uh, since Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, I've received an overwhelming amount of emails about the Super Bowl halftime show, and I learned some other things about the uh, the music industry that I uh, didn't know uh, pertaining to people like The Weeknd and uh, people like Mac Miller. Uh, also, you know, for, for some people they've mentioned to me, uh, several people have mentioned to me that I should look into Drake before. I just really can't stand his music to even stomach it. But I did a little bit of research on the music industry, and I looked at some of these musicians, rappers, pop stars again for a few different reasons. One, Super Bowl Sunday and the halftime show. Two, I've been saying it for a week or so, but I'm almost done with my book, The Technological Elixir, Part 2, Addition uh, 2, to clarify. And as I was going through the book, I'm, I'm at the very end of the book and the last chapter is very large and it's on the music industry and it's on technology and uh, it's on uh, a number of things that branch out from magic to I guess what people might call Satanism to what other people would call conspiracies and you know we have um, a perception of the word conspiracy as if it's this all-encompassing term that we can apply to anything that we don't want to believe, anything that we just don't want to be true, anything that we we know is maybe real or more true or somewhat accurate. We just don't want to deal with it. So we say that's a conspiracy. And in essence, a lot of things in our world are upside down. A lot of things are turned around. A lot of the things that we intuitively feel have been turned into these negative life experiences in the sense that we have intuitions and we have instinct and a lot of times that intuition and those instincts are turned against us. So it's kind of like we suspend disbelief for a large part of our lives and we do it because we want to be entertained, because we don't really want to deal with reality, because we don't really want to deal with something that's difficult, some life uh, situation or something that's happening in, in our, you know, our city or our country. The suspension of disbelief is defined as something that allows us to believe something that isn't true especially in order to enjoy a work of fiction. So when you go to a movie, you watch television, you play a game, 
and you really get into it, I mean, it's the equivalent of essentially uploading your brain into a computer and becoming part of the computer, becoming part of the system, becoming part of the, the network, and you are in the game. You're in the movie. You're into it, as people say. So that is a suspension of disbelief, where you disbelieve things if you think about them and they don't make any sense and there's no evidence. You would typically disbelieve that that's true and you might have your own thoughts. But when you suspend disbelief, well, you run into some trouble. And we could talk about this in regards to pretty much anything, but this week being a post-Super Bowl week, and all the emails that I've received, I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl tonight again for a third straight show. Uh, last night I had my son, so that's why we didn't have a new show, but we had a replay. Uh, the Secret Teachings is on five nights a week, if you didn't know that, Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe. But I wanted to talk about disbelief in the sense, and the sp- suspension of disbelief in the sense that you use the word conspiracy theory to just reject what you don't want to hear in the same way that you know you might use the word Satanism to reject something that you don't understand. Or you use the word liberal or conservative. Or you use words like insane or crazy. And not, not in like a hyperbolic, uh, exaggerative way, but we just use, we use words. We use all kinds of words to dismiss things that we don't like to hear about, we don't like to talk about, we don't like to think about, we don't want to consider. Have you considered that? How many times we just use words every day that don't we don't really understand why we're using them? They're just kind of like the response to a trigger in our environment, the response to stimuli. I mean, the reality is a lot of us, a lot of us on a daily basis communicate not in, you know, proper language in the sense that we communicate how we're feeling and what needs to be done and, you know, what you what we would like to be doing. We communicate in a very restrictive language. We communicate with fallacies. We communicate by suspending disbelief. So I think it's kind of ironic when somebody brings up a, a story that's a, you know it's kind of a mystery that hasn't been solved. Could be the Kennedy assassination. It could be uh, September 11th. And in, in the minds of a lot of people, those events are exactly what the Warren Commission and the 9-11 Commission said they were. Oswald shot Kennedy and from the back, but his head went back like he got shot from the front. And on September 11th, there were all these bets placed on the major airlines that they would fail, and there were major warnings, and there were Pentagon war game exercises and planes that were otherwise meant to protect Washington and the eastern seaboard, they were, you know, flown up to Canada for training exercises. And you see, all that's just a mystery. Like, was it all coincidental that these things happened? Or was there something something responsible for organizing it in a way that allowed such a horrific event to happen? And so for a lot of people, they just believe, well, that's what the Warren Commission said. Of course, when you get shot in the front of the head, your head, you know, goes forward. When you get shot in the back of the head, your head goes back. That's just basic physics, right? Um, obviously, I'm being I'm being facetious and a bit of a smartass, but 
obviously when a plane strikes a building from the top, the bottom support columns are blown out, right? Obviously. Obviously, when a building collapses, it goes right into its footprint every time, even if it's not a controlled demolition. Every time, that's what happens. So my point is, our reality is shaped by what we are told only by a few sources of what we consider to be credible information. And so whether it's the Warren Commission or the 9-11 Commission, or we watch news or we talk to other people who watch news, or we don't really pay attention to anything, a lot of us get our perceptions of reality through popular culture. And we get our perceptions of reality through you know television shows like TV programming, uh, fake political comedy shows, which are really just like political propaganda shows, you know, like the Stephen Colbert and you know, the, 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 the British guy and these, you know, the, the, the Trevor Noah guy who's just like a complete hack. That's where a lot of people get their news. And I used to watch shows like that. I didn't understand what they were. But that's, that's become our reality. And so when we suspend disbelief, our suspension of disbelief is not a matter of whether or not we believe in uh, uh, the reality that is presented to us by, you know, mainstream media or whatever it might be. That's not the suspension of disbelief. That's not... The, the illusion if we choose not to believe that. In other words, the suspension of disbelief is when we refuse to acknowledge that there are other possibilities. That's, that's what, what's happening when we suspend disbelief. And I know that some people like to draw a line down the middle and say, well, when you suspend disbelief, that means you believe in everything except the official version of events. In other words, you're a conspiracy theorist for believing anything except what you're told. And it's also kind of ironic that people who believe that also think they're really, really smart often. They, they really think that, that they're intelligent because they regurgitated and repeated what other people told them to believe or what's been implied that this is reality. How dare you question reality? I mean, it's been like that with the 17th letter of the alphabet. I mean, to the point where I was having a discussion the other day with someone and I said, you know that, you know that, you know, if you're white in the United States of America, you are more likely to be killed by police for nonviolent offenses. And that's not because of racism. It's just because white people make up most of the population. And they told me that that's a Q conspiracy theory and you're getting your information from Reddit. It's like, no, I'm getting my information from the, the, the unified crime statistic from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Just because you haven't read it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean it came from Q because Q is your perceived political opposition, right? You know, or, for example, uh, uh, I would like him to tell the story on air himself, but my friend Jack, who co-hosts with us, he, um, he was trying to create like a little community event where he lives. Uh, won't say where he lives, but he lives out west here in the U.S. And he was trying to create a little community event and uh, get people together of like minds, or at least people who had open minds. And he just said, you know, I want to talk to people and we can hang out and go have a, you know, have some food or whatever. He's just trying to get like a meetup group. And he puts this message out there about, you know, people who have open minds. And somehow he gets a guy that responds to him who says, that, you know, that, you know, my friend Jack, that he's some crazy Trump supporter. And Jack was just baffled. He's like, what, what are you what are you talking about? A Trump supporter? 
And it's funny because Jack doesn't support anybody. Jack hated Trump, not because of the politics, just because he, he doesn't like politics. He doesn't believe in, in, in that there's any form of representative government anymore. And this guy is going off on it because he can't conceive that a person, whether it's Jack or whether it's you or whether it's me, can like think for themselves. You know why? And this is the proof of the suspension of disbelief because they can't think for themselves and it scares them. At least that's my theory. Maybe you call it a conspiracy theory, but it's my theory. That's why people get really upset and they they have to apply that label to you. They have to put you into a category because they don't know how to comprehend and, and to deal with reality, right? So if they can't deal with reality, then what happens? Well, they allow themselves to slip into this altered state of perception where their disbelief, in a sense, has been suspended in order for them to enjoy a work of fiction, which is the definition of suspend disbelief. You enjoy a work of fiction. And so then, therefore, what happens is you begin to live in an alternate reality. And that doesn't mean, and I don't mean to imply, that those of us who maybe believe, oh, you know, Oswald didn't kill Kennedy, or we don't believe that QAnon is real, like it's a real person, it's not a bot or a so self-organizing collective intelligence, or those of us who you know don't believe that a couple of Muslim hijackers with box cutters evaded the most you know advanced security apparatus in the history of the world. We, we don't believe those things. That doesn't mean we're better. It doesn't mean that we're living in reality, because the reality is it's really difficult to determine what reality is anymore. And, and, and so I've been thinking about this because, I mean, yes, yes, the Super Bowl was Sunday. And every year, the Super Bowl halftime show, and it's become more like this the more that I've done my Super Bowl show and the more that Clyde Lewis and I have done our Super Bowl show. And this year, I even did a Super Bowl show with Kev Baker on Monday. I think it's up on BitChute now, he told me, the Kev Baker show. But the more we do those, the more it becomes part of the popular culture to talk about things like that, as, as did you know people like uh, Tracy Twyman and others, uh, Tracy who had passed away. I never got a chance to interview her. But the, these, these um, clickbait conspiracy theorists who I don't think they even believe it, a lot of them, but they'll look for anything you know, at the halftime show and they'll say, well, that's the Illuminati. They'll say, that's the... That's the new world order. See, that's that's Satanism. That's the devil. That's 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 devil worship. And you know, sometimes, sure, I, I get it. Like for example, I had a listener send me an email uh, about one of the concerts that that the weekend had put on, and there were like these subliminal flashes of the word Satan on stage. Sure, I don't doubt that they do that. I mean, you can call it a satanic ritual. I don't necessarily think that's the best wording to use. And only because if you use that kind of wording, a lot of people tune out, and maybe that's, maybe that's for the best. But when you say that, what happens is other people suspend disbelief. They, they can't comprehend or they can't imagine that, what are you talking about? You know, like, my favorite you know, music is made by a Satanist. But now, on the other hand, some people actually like that. They're like, yeah, I'm a Satanist. Like, I, I used to, I, I didn't know him as a friend, but I used to go to this cooperative market, kind of like the one I work at, uh, in Boise, Idaho. And there was a guy who worked there who was a Satanist. And I, 
I'm not a Satanist, but I would talk to him because I would see his tattoos and he had like um, an Anton LaVey type pentagram tattooed on him. And I said, are, I asked him, I said, are you like a LaVeyan? And uh, he, he said, like Anton LaVey? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh yeah, I love Anton LaVey. And he didn't, he didn't push it on me. He just was, he was his, you know, he, he was interested, I think, because I didn't, I said, I'm not a Satanist, but I'm, I, I am enjoy, I enjoy symbols. And so every time I would go in there, he would talk to me about it. And so you, you but you get it, you know, on, on all sides, you get people that are Satanists who a lot of times the Satanists I've known are one, they hate Christianity because they were raised as a Christian uh, and two, they do it because it, it it gets attention, and at the same time it gets attention, it also kind of keeps people away from them, and they, they like to frighten people. And to me, that's not really Satanism. To me, if you're a Satanist, you don't you know you don't have similar ideals to like Christianity or Eastern philosophy, which a lot of Satanists do. Now you might think, no, that means Satan Satanism means something bad. So. An example uh, that I was thinking about, I, I thought about it a lot this week, was uh, this lady called in to the end of the show that Clyde and I did on Monday. And uh, she was very nice, and she was well-spoken, and she just talked about how the ritual at the halftime show is like, she, I don't think she said satanic, but she said like it's a ritual, and we're not supposed to participate in ritual. And you know, I'm, you know she's a Christian, and we will believe in the Bible, and it's like you do understand, like if you're a Catholic, especially, the Catholicism is more ritualistic than the Church of Satan. Like Catholicism is the pentacle, uh, the pinnacle rather of ritual. I uh, see, but see, people see ritual, the word, as relating to like the devil, they because they associate it with like dark, black masses. They relate it to like witches. But it's like everything we do is a ritual. I mean, hell, the way that I bring this show in every night is a ritual. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. That's ritualistic. I mean, everything that we perceive, whether you're a Satanist or you're a Christian or you're a Catholic, maybe you're a a Jew or a Muslim. I mean, there's a word there. If you even say Jew... It's like a hard Jew, and people get offended by that. How could you? How dare you say the word Jew? It's like, well, it's you're a Jew, you're a Christian. It's just a word. I didn't say I hate Jews. I just said the I just said Jew. I didn't drop a hard J. I just said Jew. But that's everything is perceived differently by everybody else, and those of us who see things in the same way are just those who. Our views align, and that doesn't necessarily mean because we have the same beliefs. It's just because sometimes when we are objective, we can step back and we can see things more clear. And that's the way that it goes for any kind of mystery, whether it's the Kennedy assassination or 9-11 or it's a Super Bowl halftime show, or it's something that's always interested me and something I've said that, you know, for for years, there have only been, in the decade of radio that I've done, there have only been like three things that have really frightened me. Like legitimately, they get to me. One of them is 
certain songs in the music industry, but the video that Lady Gaga did called Fame, that video will give me nightmares. The second thing that's always bothered me are the, the, the missing people, the, the David Polides uh, missing 411. That has always bothered me, the missing children, the missing adults. That's always creeped me out. And the third thing is the Dyatlov Pass incident. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's in 1959 on Imbolc, February 1st, February 2nd of Imbolc, the midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, 1959 in the Ural Mountains, nine Russian hikers died. And there's been no real clarification on how they died. There have been theories. And those theories have ranged from an avalanche to aliens to the Yeti. And of course, like with any mystery, people will argue and debate it. No, it was definitely the Yeti. No, it was definitely aliens. Maybe the aliens dropped the Yeti off and the Yeti killed them. Then the aliens beamed the Yeti back up, right? This is one of the things that has always intrigued me. And and we just passed the anniversary of it a few days ago. And I haven't had a chance to talk about it again. And I was reading through some news and I came across a new article published on January 28th, 2021 from Communications, Earth, and Environment. And it says that they figured out what killed these nine hikers. Mechanisms of slab avalanche release and impact in the Dyatlov Pass incident in 1959. I'm going to tell you about Dyatlov Pass tonight on the show. We're going to look at this mystery and how all these different theories, which are very applicable, I think, in terms of trying to understand what happened, are applied to this event. There are far-ranging from aliens and the Yeti to a simple avalanche, and very few of them can describe all the details of what actually happened to these nine hikers. And in all the cases, there isn't, there isn't like a proper analysis of all of the evidence. And so I haven't studied this in the sense that like I'm an expert on it, but I think it's a great case study in how we look at mysteries and how we develop these ideas and these theories, call them, call them some conspiracy theories, to try to understand what's going on and how even when we have now an official explanation for what happened to these hikers in 1959, it still doesn't really explain what actually happened and it leaves the mystery open. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. There's more after this right here on The Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere and don't suspend disbelief. Stay tuned with an open mind to The Secret Teachings and we'll be back. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. 
Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality, of your reality, of your reality? Do you question the nature of your reality? Join me, host Jess Rogie of The Rogie Report, as we find out more about the strange reality we live in. Here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio. Or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to... The Secret Teachings, excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Hi there, I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings radio show right here on The Fringe FM. On The Secret Teachings, we cover parapsychology, pop conspiracy, magic myth, health, and more. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday after Joe Roop and Lighting the Void right here on The Fringe FM. For more information, you can visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Ryan Gable, your host, 
And you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Feel free to send us an email. You can also subscribe to the show, get access to the montages and my books, all at www.thesecretteachings.info. I've said over the last 10 plus years that of all the things we've talked about, and all the people who have said to me, how, how can you focus on this type of material? How can you talk about the types of things you talk about without being frightened, without being scared? And I've always said, well, I see it as a positive thing because I am looking into darkness in order to shine a light on it. Or, as I say here on the fringe, we use the secret teachings to light the void in reference to, to Joe Roop and, and his show Lighting the Void that comes on before the secret teachings. And that's what I try to do. I try to light the void, and I try to use the secret teachings to do it. They aren't secret, you know, in the sense that, oh, I have them and nobody else has them. They aren't teachings that, like, I have a textbook for. It, 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 they're concepts. They're ideas, right? Like, for example, people say that God's plan. Well, what is God's plan? God's plan is essentially your intuition, your instinct. Do what is intuitive. Do what is instinctual. That's God's plan. It's not a book. It's not a construct. It's, it's the flow of energy. That's what it is. But there have been a couple of things that have really frightened me over the years. Things that have stuck with me, that have frightened me. There's a music video slash commercial that I watched one time with Lady Gaga. And then I watched it again and again and again and again and again. And I talked about it a little bit in my book, The Technological Elixir. And it's a video called Fame. And it has black goo. It has portals to hell. It has suicide. It has a lot of disturbing imagery. I, I watched it uh, at night the first time, and I, I kind of had nightmares. The other thing that's always concerned me and made me a little bit frightened, if I'm being honest, is the, the, sto- the, the stories of missing people. And I don't mean like somebody ran away. I mean like you're walking in the woods, and you blink, and then the person beside you is gone. And there's no sign of them in any direction. They didn't take off running, or kids that go missing for weeks at a time, and then they come back and there's no exposure, their shoes aren't any dirtier, their clothes aren't dirtier, ripped, and somehow this kid survived in the woods for three months, you know, stuff like that. That's always creeped me out. And likewise, because I think there's a connection to it, some people have a theory that people go missing in the forests, not because they're so dense, but because there maybe are portals there, right? That's something that Linda Godfrey has written about in, uh, in some of her books, we've interviewed her a number of times. She's talked about the Oz effect, where if everything becomes like silent, there's no animal or insect noises. She's talked about that green mist. It's kind of like a portal. And that's actually, that's actually very similarly described in the Philadelphia experiment, uh, which related to portals and teleportation and things like that. So... If you think about it from that standpoint, then it, it allows us to look into other things. You look into portals, you look into, uh, you know, I guess what you would call monsters. Uh, in, in a sense, you'd look into monsters. It would be like, you know, something grotesque, something uh, that, 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 is, that is horrific, something, but then again, something that also doesn't necessarily kill, uh, something that also protects. Uh, there was a story 
of a three-year-old boy who vanished from his grandmother's backyard in North Carolina in 2019. His name was Casey Hathaway. And he was found three days later wrapped up in thorns and vines. Now, he disappeared from the backyard playing with other kids, um, if I remember that correctly, and somehow managed to survive in strong winds, heavy rain, uh, below freezing temperatures. I mean, that's intense for this little boy, three-year-old boy to survive in. My son's almost two. I I can't imagine him, you know, His little hands turn red if he's outside in the snow for more than a couple of minutes. This kid's three, and he survived freezing temperatures, heavy rain, and strong winds, and barely had anything wrong with him. When they found him, they said he was in good health, and uh, I believe they had to the one of the police officers like had to wait in some water to get to where he was in this bush he was tied up in, which made you know very little sense. And he said that. Uh, a, 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 quote, friend in the woods that was a bear, end quote, protected him. <laughs> a friend in the woods who was a bear. So then it makes you start thinking like, okay, well, is, is the, does the kid know what he's talking about? I mean, clearly he, he survived, so that's interesting. Like, did he survive because a bear actually took care of him? You know, like somebody who, you know, like a man that ran with wolves or something, they raised him. Is that, is that like a plant memory? That's an interesting idea. Is that memory planted in the kid? Like there are so many things we can we can think about when it comes to this particular story or any of the other stories of missing people. And the element of portals and monsters and, and the woods, the domain of these these creatures, all comes into play. And that relates to Slenderman and Momo and then other manifestations of evil that aren't necessarily gender specific. And so that that's one of the things that's frightened me. However, that's a that's a very that's a very very general and 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 a large blanket that we can throw over a number of subjects, missing people and mysteries of that that nature. Uh, the Lady Gaga fame video always frightened me, and then the the one other thing that's always kind of scared me is something referred to as the Diatlov Pass incident, which took place uh, in 1959. 1959, so that's, what, 62 years ago. And it happened on February 1st and February 2nd. This was the date that was estimated, which is Imbolc, otherwise known as Kondalmas, or the day of Brigid, the midpoint between the winter solstice Yule and the spring equinox Ostara. And the story basically goes a little, little bit like this summarize as best as I can. 1959 in February, nine Russian students, all of whom were experienced hikers, made their way to the slope of the Kolat Siakl, or Mountain of the Dead. And I don't speak this language, so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. If you want to spell it, just type in Mountain of the Dead, you'll find it. Or D-Otlov Pass, D-Y-A-T-L-O-V, Pass Incident. Uh, And it's in the Ural Mountains of Siberia. On their way up the slope, they took a bunch of photographs and video that once the photographs and video were recovered, at least the photographs were recovered, people had, you know, happy faces and they seemed to be kind of relaxed and having a good time. But when the group reached the peak, 
There's seven men and two women. They put their tent up and they spend the night. And the next day, they failed to return. They just didn't come back. But they made it to their destination. They popped a tent up. At least this is the official story, right? This is what... This is officially what they did. Like it, It's not a conspiracy. They went up the mountain and they camped out and they put their tent up and they seemed to be happy. And we know that from the photographs and having a good time. So the, And they were experienced hikers too. They weren't amateurs. I'm not sure how experienced each one of them were, but they weren't amateur explorers, amateur hikers. And so they, there were some search parties that were sent up to find them or at least, you know, Maybe what was left of them if they had died in the snow or if maybe, you know, animals or something had torn them apart. You know, nobody really knows what could have happened. So they sent up the search party to look for them. And uh, a university student, Mikhail Sharavin, made an unexpected discovery on the slopes of the Ural Mountains. He was dispatched as a member of a search party investigating their disappearance and him and fellow rescuers spotted the tent peeking out beneath uh, some snow. And what they found were supplies. They found a flask of vodka, a map. They, they found a plate of pork fat, salo, salo, that's what it's called, uh, essentially abandoned without any warning. Like they just left their stuff in the tent like they had been having you know, some pork and drinking some vodka, having a good time maybe singing, looking at a map where they were going to go the next day, and then they just vanished. That's it. They just vanished. Now, after they continued to, re- to, to search the area, they found more than the, the tent. When they were looking at the tent, they found a slash mark in the tent that suggested that someone had used a knife to cut their way out of the tent. Uh, it already starts to get bizarre because the official narrative is that an avalanche came down the mountain and crushed them in their tent. Now, that's not, well, so they crushed them in their tent, so they cut their way out of the tent, and then they got out of the avalanche. I don't think that's how an avalanche works. Never been in one, but I feel like the snow is suffocating and crushing. According to a... Communications, Earth, and Environment article from January 28, 2021. The Dyatlov Pass incident has been explained by a slab release, which it's been said caused severe non-fatal injuries in agreement with the autopsy results. Uh, This slab release was an avalanche that impacted the hikers and it led to their deaths. Now, when you're reading the story of what happened, and there are, of course, you know, people that exaggerate and people that take it to other levels where there's no evidence. You know, I was watching Ancient Aliens the other night with Hope, and I said, this is that David Wilcott guy. This is the guy. And I was showing her some of the, some of the people that I knew from Ancient Aliens, and it was just, you know, it's a fun show. It's not necessarily something I take seriously, but they were talking about Operation High Jump down in Antarctica which is a real operation, right? And, you know, some of the guys, Michael Sala was on there and, and Childress was on there and some other, some other people were on there. And David Wilcott comes on and they're all talking like this is what we think happened. And Wilcott comes on and he said, 
He's like, literally, like they sent ships down there and then there were UFOs that came out of the water with laser beams and they were literally cutting these military ships in half. It's like, dude, where did you get that at? <laughs> You're just making this stuff up on the spot. Did they give you a bigger check to say that? You know, do the ratings go up when you start making crap? I guess they do go up when you start making crap like that up. So you really have to suspend disbelief if you're going to believe the official version of what happened in Operation High Jump or the, the Kennedy assassination or 9-11 or, hell, the assassination of Martin Luther King, you know, or the uh, assassination of John Lennon or the attempted murder of, uh, of uh, Ronald Reagan. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, you got to suspend disbelief to believe a lot of the things that mainstream anything tells you. Mainstream doesn't want to be questioned because mainstream is the, the cornerstone of, of how we construct our reality. And so if you read this story about the hikers, it, it doesn't make much sense, especially considering that even in the new journal article that came out, they, they say that an avalanche was uh, essentially responsible for their death. And they've got, you know, the graphic and how it all went down. And they show some of the famous pictures of the, the people that were going out looking for the hikers. And yeah, the tent was like collapsed, but it definitely wasn't buried in an avalanche. And if it, if it were buried in an avalanche, I mean, as far as I understand, avalanches uh, travel at an incredible speed, kind of like a pyroclastic flow from a volcano. And if this thing is traveling at, I mean, they, they'll go up to 200 miles an hour. If you have a 200-mile-per-hour wall of snow barreling towards you, I'm pretty sure the tent would have been obliterated with everything in it, and they wouldn't have found plates of food, you know, like they had just walked out of the tent and took a stroll at night. Uh, and so that, to me, that was always suspicious. Now, maybe I don't have all the evidence, and I, and I definitely know I don't have all the evidence, so I don't know. But just on the surface, it looks kind of strange. Like, I don't really, I can't really buy that. Now, granted, in the picture, in the photograph of the tent, they cleaned it off a little bit, right? So it wasn't fully covered in snow. So we can acknowledge that. That's, that's what being objective means. We can acknowledge that, you know, it's not one-sided. But I, I don't think that it was an avalanche. And there's a couple of reasons I don't think that it was an avalanche and a couple of reasons I'm looking at this mystery tonight and a couple of reasons that when we look at this mystery, people believe all sorts of different types of things about how it went down. So they find the slash in the tent and they, they find footprints leading away from the tent now that doesn't make any sense to me either because if there was a an avalanche i don't know how there were footprints left over i guess the avalanche stopped at the tent i mean so we're being asked to believe in this story uh, some of you may have heard this story it's, it's one of my favorites and one of the scariest stories i've ever heard or told i'm, I'm asked to believe that these hikers in a tent uh cut their way out of the tent and ran some of them barefoot and some of them with a single boot, and some of them with socks, out of the tent, knowing an avalanche was coming, and they weren't swallowed up by the 200-mile-per-hour avalanche, just their tent, and the tent wasn't obliterated. Everything was still in it. 
It was okay. It's pretty strong tent. And the poles were still sticking out of the ground. And this avalanche must have just been a small avalanche because it didn't fully bury the tent. And we're being asked to believe that. And being asked to believe that snow was responsible for the mysterious things that happened to the hikers. Now, the injuries were very bizarre. Uh, they weren't... I mean, you t- <laughs> like seriously, you tell me if this uh, this story makes any sense once you start getting into the, the 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 actual autopsy evidence of what happened to these people. It's not funny. It's just it's bizarre. Like if I've got the study, the new report here about how, what happened to these hikers. It happened in February of 1959 and in bulk, actually. Now, there's absolutely no mention of the, the disturbing autopsy finds and the disturbing you know, physical finds of the, of the hikers' bodies. This is what they found. While some people ran out of the tent with no shoes or with the one shoe or with socks, or one sock, one shoe, one shoe, one sock, uh, some of them, it was very apparent, apparent had died of hypothermia. So very apparent. They, they, that's, it was obvious. Four, on the other hand, there were nine total, seven men, two women. There were four total that had horrific injuries that were very unexplainable. Maybe explainable in one way, but it's not explainable in other ways. Four of them had horrific, unexplainable, virtually unexplainable, inexplicable injuries. One had a fractured skull, one had broken ribs, and one had a gapping gash on the head. Now, yeah, of course, an avalanche could have done that. I mean, of course, an avalanche could do that. However, even though they determined that the injuries were the equivalent, according to the doctor who examined the bodies, and according to documents obtained by the St. Petersburg Times, they were, quote, equal to the effect of a car crash. You'd expect that in an avalanche. However, you'd expect that if an avalanche fractured the skull and fractured the ribs and ripped open the head of one of these hikers, that it would probably tear this tent apart, which it didn't. The only thing that tore the tent was the knife mark for them to get out of the tent. The other injury is the most bizarre. One of the women, a 20-year-old named Liud, Liudmila Dubinina, Dubin, let me try to pronounce this again, uh, Liudmila Dubinina, Liudmila Dubina, something like that. <laughs> I'm not good with pronunciations. Uh, she was missing her tongue and both of her eyeballs. Now, here's a question for you. Is it possible that an animal could have eaten her tongue and her eyeballs? Yes, it's possible an animal could have eaten her tongue and her eyeballs. Sure. Is it asinine that they would say that the injuries, like missing eyeballs and a missing tongue, were equivalent to a car crash? I mean, I've got my eyeballs, I've got my tongue, I've seen people with an eyeball and a tongue, 
and they've been in horrific car crashes. I've been in a car crash. Uh, never lost my tongue. You know, I didn't bite it off. You know, is it possible that she maybe bit her tongue off? Sure. It doesn't explain how she missed her eyes, but maybe an animal came and ate them. However, if an animal came and ate them, does that explain why the other hikers didn't have their tongue and eyes cut out, you know, or eaten out? Doesn't make much sense. And, 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 and to go into further detail, they, they really didn't even try to justify how her eyeballs were missing. <laughs> they just said, like, oh, they had some horrific injuries, a fractured skull. By the way, her eyeballs were missing. What was that? You know, her eyeballs were missing. Well, that's kind of bizarre, don't you think? Yeah, and her tongue was, you know, ripped out too. So, I mean, there are natural explanations. You could bite your tongue out in panic. That would explain why only one person did it. Maybe one person was that afraid. But then her eyeballs were missing. Maybe uh, an animal ate them. Maybe a bird ate them. I don't know how many, you know, animals are running around like that in an avalanche up in the Ural Mountains. Maybe there's a bunch of them. I'm not sure. But then to suggest that the mystery is solved, it was all an avalanche, to not even mention the missing tongue and the missing eyeballs, and to say it was like a car crash, that becomes a little bit suspicious, don't you think? And so, obviously, since it becomes suspicious, it begins to spawn these theories on what happened. Now, clearly, clearly the official narrative doesn't explain away all, all of what happened. And by the way, the Dyatlov Pass incident, if you're curious to know why it's called Dyatlov, is because it was um, named essentially after the uh, group's leader, Igor Dyatlov. Igor Dyatlov. He's a 23-year-old. Uh, and his name has been given to this mystery, a mystery that includes everything from military to aliens to the Yeti, to secret weapons tests, to paranormal activity, to, uh, well, various forms of human experimentation. It just goes on and on and on and on. And uh, then you get, like, crossovers of some of these theories, like, I heard one that aliens dropped a Yeti. That's right. They dropped a Yeti, and the Yeti killed these people, and then they beamed the Yeti back up. Doesn't make much sense to me, but don't tell that to the people over it before it's news. They'll get really upset because that kind of bullshit drives traffic, if we're being, if we're being honest. Uh, then there are other things that very few people talk about, including the legend in the Ural Mountains of something called the Zolotaya Baba. Kind of like the Baba Yaga, like the which was the Slavic tradition of um, that distorted, mysterious woman uh, who had a house that ran on chicken legs, and she has a relationship to the devil, and she essentially is Momo, uh, the Japanese company that made the Momo uh, sculpture, what we knew as Momo, used a distorted woman's face, uh, distorted breasts, and then chicken legs, right? And he also removed one of the eyes of Momo when he destroyed it so he could put the eye in another, uh, another piece of art, which if you read my book, The Technological Elixir, you'll know that there was a kid who died of suicide. And it was because of the Momo challenge, which they said was a hoax. 
well, this kid killed himself because of it. And he wrote on the wall, and this was at the very beginning of the Momo incident. He wrote on the wall, Devil's One Eye. He wrote that on the wall. And then at the end, how the media closed out the Momo story was they said that the creator destroyed Momo and took the eye out. Now, this hiker had two eyes missing. And there are reports that at least one of the bodies was radioactive. Now, the Zoloteya Baba, the legend, is of a golden woman who lurks in the area where the hikers visited. So it kind of relates the golden woman, the yellow radioactivity. It also, you know, references, um, you know, quarantined areas. So you have all these explanations for what happened to these hikers. From aliens to the military to radiation from, could have been aliens, it could have been whatever. Uh, Lev Evanov, who's the main investigator into the incident, uh, concluded that the deaths of the hikers were caused by, quote, an unknown elemental force with which they were unable to overcome. Now that is about as vague (laughs) and as general as one could possibly conclude, but it essentially sums up in a vague and general way a very vague and mysterious mystery that has not been solved to this day, despite the fact that a new report from Communications Earth and Environment suggests that it was an avalanche, but they act like this is the first time that's been suggested. It's not. They've there have been you know people that have been trying to figure this out forever. Now the woman who had her eyes and her tongue removed, uh, it, that kind of sounds like a classic old cattle mutilation or uh, you know cattle uh, or animal mutilation or you know human mutilation. Sometimes it happens to humans. Just read uh, Grudge Report thirteen. Or it happened to a, 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 mil, a member of the military uh, out at White Sands, New Mexico. So whatever it is, uh, if it is an unknown elemental force, of course it is. It sparks all these mysteries. And because it's unknown and because it's mysterious, like at night when the lines between items get blurred in your room, you start to see monsters. So whether it's monsters or not is really besides the question. It's more so about how we can suspend disbelief in looking at these kinds of mysteries and refuse to acknowledge that, oh, maybe it was an avalanche. It doesn't really matter if one woman had her tongue cut out or someone was radioactive or the tent was okay, but some of the hikers sustained skull injuries. None of that really matters. We just want this issue to be put to bed because it's too disturbing to examine something that Maybe it's not explainable. And although it might be explainable to science if scientists were to look at it in detail and they could find evidence, we'd rather just kind of brush it away because it doesn't conform to our reality. And this is the evidence and the proof that I've been saying tonight is really the foundation for why so many of us live in a suspension of disbelief every single day. We can't conceive how the mysterious and the unseen affect us So we ignore it and pretend that it doesn't exist. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM.
This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app. 
Free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. You're welcome. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, digital broadcasting. You're listening to the Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. The Dyatlov Pass Incident, 1959, on Imbolc in the Ural Mountains, has led to theories that range from aliens to monsters to mysterious urban legends about spiritual beings or some kind of military activity. Mysteries like Dyatlov Pass intrigue us because they are part of the unknown. They are part of the void. You know when you go to sleep at night, you lay down and you turn the lights out, and when you're a kid you see it more so. The lines, the, 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 the hard lines between items become blurred in the darkness. And so things that otherwise would be a, a sweater on a chair or a branch outside of a window, they become monstrous forms. And we begin to form them first in our mind. And then we hear things, and we begin to think there are monsters in our room, monsters in our closet, monsters under our bed. Now, those of us who go check under the bed and go check the sweater and go check the window to make sure that's not a monster, we realize, hey, that's not, that's not Mike Wazowski. You know, Mike Wazowski can come tell me jokes, though. You know, Mike Wazowski wants to come joke with me. I'll laugh with him. You know, power the, power the monster world. But we go check. We realize, all oh, those really aren't monsters. Those of us who go check under the bed, those of us who go check the sweater on the chair, those of us who go check the branch outside the window, we're the ones that are looking at reality. Now, this doesn't mean we're better than anybody else. It just means we're literally going to see what's causing that shadow, what is causing that sound. And then we realize most of the time it's not a monster under a bed. Most of the time it's not, you know, glowing eyes under the bed. It's just a, a toy that the light was left on. And if you looked under the bed during the daytime, it wouldn't really, you know, wouldn't really matter. It wouldn't seem like anything. You'd see, oh, that's a toy. 
we, we would see that there really isn't a monster outside of our window. It's just the wind blowing and a branch is moving. And we, we would see that the sweater on the chair really isn't a monster. It's just a sweater that we put on the chair. That's it. Now, as kids, we don't think that or know that. Kids are scared. They, they don't understand. So you, as a parent, you go and you comfort them. And the parent's the one that goes and checks in the closet and checks under the bed and checks the window and make your kid feel safe and make your kid feel secure. And, but th- there are some of us as adults that also need people to go check under the bed for us. We need people to check the window for us and check the closet for us and check the sweater on the chair for us. And it, again, it doesn't mean that someone's weak. It just means some of us are, are a little bit more afraid than others. And some of us have learned that fear is what we are afraid of. We're not really afraid of, we know that's a branch. We know that's a sweater. We know that's not really a monster in the closet. But we're still afraid. It's mysterious. It's unknown. We don't know what it is. It's scary. That's why we're afraid of the dark, because it's mysterious. It's unknown. That's why people, I think, are afraid of things that are traumatic and devastating and powerful and essentially unexplained, no matter how many times they've been explained officially. You often hear psychologists and psychiatrists talk to you about how people want to find meaning in life. And so that's why we believe in conspiracy theories and that's why we believe in the Illuminati and you know that the Super Bowl halftime show was a satanic ritual we're looking for meaning right I think it's a it's a counterproductive argument when a psychologist or a psychiatrist argues such a thing because we find meaning in all sorts of things but when something is explained to us without meaning and things don't add up, anyone in their right mind can recognize something is wrong here. Something is missing here. Kennedy's head didn't go backwards because he got shot from behind. His head went backwards because he got his brains blown out from the front. The Twin Towers didn't collapse because of jet fuel. The Twin Towers were virtually pulverized and turned into powder. To the point where they were finding fingers on top of the Deutsche Bank building months and months and months after the event. They were finding DNA of humans all over the city on tops of buildings. Doesn't make any sense. You look at the the mysteries, you know. The darkness, the void, the fringe, all the things that are on the, on the ledge of understanding or beyond the ledge of understanding in the pit. And it's scary. But when we go into the pit and we turn on a light, we realize, oh, it's not so scary. That's all that we're doing here on the secret teachings. But this is a microcosm, the macrocosm of everyday life. And so... When a psychologist or a psychiatrist says, well, you believe in this or that because you just can't comprehend. You can't comprehend that Oswald shot Kennedy. You can't comprehend, you know, that a storm would just sit over a city like Houston for days at a time with no, you know, meteorological explanation. No pressure systems moving. and It just sits there. 
that, that has to just be natural. You can't believe that natural disasters just happen or presidents are just assassinated. You can't believe the towers just collapsed because of jet fuel. My response is always their same argument. You can't believe that there could be another explanation. You can't believe that there could be some other, uh, you know, factor involved that could rewrite the official explanation. I, I think you're the one, Mr. Psychologist, Mr. Psychiatrist. You're the quack. You're the one who can't fathom other possibilities. The scientist who believes that they are God, you can't fathom anything beyond the material sphere, and you're afraid of it furthermore because it has more power than you. That's why you ignore it. That's why you mock it. That's why you reject it. When a, when a person who's an atheist says, you're afraid to believe in nothing, I tell them, I don't believe in God, and I don't don't believe in God. I don't disbelieve in God, I don't believe in God, but you are afraid of a higher power, is what you are. I'm not afraid of nothingness. I'm content with nothingness. You, on the other hand, are terrified of there being something more powerful than you. And that's why you try to compensate for it with your darkness and thinking that you're worm food, and that's it. True statement, though, your body is worm food, but there's something more than the body, and anybody with eyes to see and ears to hear, you can recognize that there is something more than the body. So when the psychologist, the psychiatrist says, no, you're just, you just believe this because you can't comprehend that things just happen. No, things do just happen. But people also conspire. Oswald, if Oswald killed Kennedy, Oswald conspired to kill the president. That's a conspiracy. You can use these words, conspiracy and Illuminati, fine, whatever. But they don't explain something in detail. They just dismiss what you're doing is you're suspending your disbelief in reality because you would like to enjoy a work of fiction. You would like to believe that Oswald killed Kennedy because that's the easy explanation. You would like to believe that two jet airliners brought down the Twin Towers and uh, Building 7 and various other buildings and that, you know, trillions of dollars in gold went missing, you know, hundreds of billions at least, went missing and it was a pretext for the unveiling of the security state and the Patriot Act, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, you just you don't want to believe in that. You're suspending disbelief. You want to enjoy a work of fiction. Now, those are big stories. Those are huge stories. Assassinations of presidents, major terrorist attacks on countries like the United States, the assassination of Martin Luther King and others. But what about relatively unknown stories. Well, they, they have the same effect on us, especially when there's no easy explanation for how they transpired. The story of Dyatlov Pass, named after Igor Dyatlov, is one of the most mysterious things and the most frightening things I've ever read before. And the official explanation makes virtually no sense. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. I came across a journal entry in Communications, Earth, and Environment. And I posted it on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info under the top news tab. It says, Mechanisms of Slab 
Avalanche release and impact in the Dyatlov Pass incident in 1959. Even the Smithsonian Magazine picked this story up and published it on the 29th of January just a few days ago. Now, the article says that, essentially, strong winds contributed to a release of snow, big slab release of snow, which caused severe non-fatal injuries in agreement with the autopsy results. That was the abstract of this report about what happened to these hikers. It says, in conclusion, our work shows the plausibility of a rather rare type of snow slab instabilities that could possibly explain the Dyatlov Pass incident. Yet we do not explain nor address other controversial elements surrounding the investigation, such as traces of radioactivity found on the victim's garments, the behavior of the hikers after leaving the tent, locations and states of bodies, etc. While possible explanations are given in multiple published sources, and they name like nine of them, as well as by both the investigative committee and the prosecutor general of the Russian Federation, we believe that this will always remain an intrinsic part of the Dyatlov Pass mystery. Now see, this right here is what I'm always just so like excited and fired up about. When you actually read what science says, science is not so solid. It's not so direct. You read the Smithsonian Magazine, you read, I mean, you type this in, you'll find it right now. There's only the implication that the mystery was solved. Just like there's only the implication that a mask protects you from anything. There's only the implication that a vaccine protects you from anything. The Smithsonian Magazine published the headline, Have Scientists Finally Unraveled the 60-Year Mystery Surrounding Nine Russian Hikers' Deaths? New research identifies an unusual avalanche as the culprit behind the 1959 Dyatlov Pass incident. Really? Because I just read that article, and although the headline is accurate, yeah, new research identifies an unusual avalanche. Scientists, have they finally unraveled the mystery? Well, the conclusion to the article is that they found the plausibility that it could possibly explain the incident. Now, see, I know that this might sound like it, 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 like I'm, I'm, I'm hung up on a point, and it might sound uninteresting, but like seriously, try to think about what I'm saying. The scientists who conducted this report about the avalanche being responsible for these nine hikers dying in the Ural Mountains in the 1950s, said, our work shows the plausibility. Not reality, plausibility. Was it likely? Is it possible? Is it probable an avalanche could have been triggered with high winds? Yeah, that's, that happens a lot. And is it possible it could have come down and engulfed the tent? Yeah, that's possible. And they said that the avalanche could possibly explain the Diatla Pass incident. See, when you actually read the science, this is exactly what all the mask articles say. This is exactly what all the mask studies and the vaccine studies say. Pfizer, for their vaccine, they tested it on eight people to get a 95% effectiveness rate. And even then, they don't tell you 80, uh, 95% at doing what with eight people? Making them sick? Is that what it did? 
They don't tell you what it did. They just said it's a 95% effective. Well, it could be 95% effective in doing anything, could killing people, healing people, making them grow their limbs. This is what all of this is what vaccines and and masks, it's all the same thing. Our work shows the plausibility that a mask could stop COVID-19. And it could possibly explain. Possibly, plausible, could, maybe, might, evidence suggests. I mean, it's like the nightly news, right? You watch the nightly news, researchers believe, scientists say. Well, researchers can believe whatever they want to believe. Scientists can say whatever they want to say. That doesn't mean they're right. Authorities say. Authorities say the victim. Authorities say the suspect. Well, it doesn't mean just because they say it, it's right. Just because they believe it doesn't mean it's right. And so when you go back to the story of what happened to these hikers, if you just hear Dyatlov Pass incident, and this is just a microcosm, it's just an example. Dyatlov Pass incident, these hikers, they go missing, they find the bodies, they find the tent, an avalanche, and they show you the picture of what the rescuers found at the end of February 1959. They found the abandoned tent. And it's like, yeah, there's some snow on it, but that that doesn't mean that the, 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 the avalanche, which, by the way, travels at 200 miles an hour, that doesn't mean that the avalanche came down and that's what pushed the hikers out of the tent. It doesn't explain anything. It just explains that there was some snow on the tent. That's it. But if that's all that you hear, then that's mystery solved, right? Well, they don't tell you the other details, like there was a knife mark in the tent where they cut their way out of the tent. Some of them had shoes. Some of them didn't have shoes. Some of them ran out of the tent with socks. Some of them ran out with one sock and one shoe. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? But it doesn't really matter if it makes sense because mystery solved. We can just stop thinking about it. It's, it's too scary. Not because it has any you know, implication to your daily life. Most of you probably never heard of this. But it's, it's a microcosm of other things that we do experience and that do affect us. Sure, the vaccine's 95% effective. Okay, how did you figure that out? Well, we gave it to eight people. Okay, eight people. That's not a lot of people. That's not a big test group. And by the way, 95% effective at doing what? Masks might be effective at stopping COVID-19. Really? Well, in places where there's mask mandates, there's higher levels of COVID-19. People are more sick when they wear a mask. They can't breathe. So, yeah, evidence could suggest, but it doesn't mean that it proves Things could be made plausible, but that doesn't mean that it's reality. The Smithsonian Magazine published this report, and they even in the article, they tell you that they found the plate of food in the tent, and they, they found, uh, you know, footprints in the snow. And, and so this is just an exercise in critical thought, an exercise in how not to suspend disbelief. Let me explain. If there's an avalanche that blows the tent apart and the hikers run out of the tent, can somebody please explain to me how if the avalanche obliterates the tent, but it's still standing after the fact, yet it's powerful enough to break the skull of one of these hikers, powerful enough to fracture the rib of another one of the hikers, powerful enough to rip the skin basically off the head of one of these hikers, And powerful enough to discombobulate 
the hikers as they ran in all these different directions. But it's not powerful enough to destroy the tent entirely. And so the tent remains where it was. This is a very powerful tent. This is the tent in the Dyatlov Pass incident is basically Muhammad Atta's passport on 9-11. Okay, it survived the fireball and it survived the disintegration and the powder pulverization of the building. And they found it on the ground, you know, or the one terrorist bomber in like uh, France or something where he blew himself in half. But they found the passport in a trash can right next. He must have dropped his passport in the trash can and then blew his blew his torso apart. Makes a lot of sense. So if you actually read even the official reports, they don't tell you the details. They'll mention like, well, we also found this one hiker named uh, Lyudmila Dubinina, and she was missing her tongue and her eyeballs. Well, last time I checked, avalanches don't surgically remove tongues and eyeballs. Maybe an animal ate the eyes. Sure. Why didn't the hungry animals eat the eyes of the other hikers? Hmm. Let me ask you this question. Is it possible that the woman bit her tongue in some fit of survival and fear? Yeah, it's possible. Don't you think they'd maybe find the tongue in the mouth when she froze to death? If she did bite her tongue like that, don't you think that maybe if it had that effect on her, other people would have bitten their tongues? They'd find evidence that she bit it? They never even said that. They didn't even explain it. They just said, oh, yeah, by the way, there was radioactivity on the clothing and her eyeballs were missing. Like, this doesn't sound like an avalanche. This sounds like a cattle mutilation, <laughs> right? This sounds like like Grudge Report 13. This doesn't sound like an avalanche to me. But maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? I'm just thinking. And that's really the point. I'm trying to... Use this story to show you that critical thinking is not only so important, but that the reason that some people can't think critically is because they've suspended disbelief. They, they can't comprehend that there are other explanations. Yeah, Kennedy was killed by Oswald, of course. There's no other explanation. There's no other... Re it doesn't matter if his head went back being shot from behind. It doesn't matter if... You know, multiple shots rang out in quick succession faster than Oswald or any marksman could have reloaded the gun. It doesn't matter if the nine hikers that went missing were found with eyes removed, tongue removed, radioactive clothing, and various, you know, scattered about the, the hillside. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if their tent wasn't ripped apart, but somebody had a cracked skull from the avalanche. None of that matters. What matters is they solved it. It was an avalanche. Move on. Forget about it. The mystery has been solved. We don't want to think about the possibilities that could be involved in how these hikers died or how a president can be assassinated or how two buildings can be brought down in their own footprint or three buildings for that matter. We don't think about the possibility other than the mystery of why people go missing in national forests. It has to be because they just get lost. It couldn't be because of portals or it couldn't be because of monsters. I'm not saying those are the responsible things, but none of that's possible because we suspend our disbelief and we don't think that reality is real. It's too hard to deal with. We'd rather enjoy a work of fiction. 
I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Subscribe to the archive at thesecretteachings.info. Support the show. It's $40 for a one-year subscription. The montage is the digital books and a physical book shipped free in the U.S. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us on The Fringe FM. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing. The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. 
Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. your host Ryan Gable and you're listening to the secret teachings on the fringe FM tonight we've been talking about the Dyatlov Pass incident and how it is a case study in psychology and in conspiracy and in a number of other fields of study that are everything from the paranormal to military, you know, human experimentation, anything and everything that can be thought of has been thought of and has been offered as a solution to what happened to nine hikers that were very experienced who went missing in the Ural Mountains on Imbolc of 1959. The Diala Pass incident has remained a mystery around the world since the 1950s. We just passed the anniversary a few days ago, and a new report came out about what happened to the hikers published in Nature magazine, Nature the Journal. And although they say an avalanche caused the death of these hikers, they also say our work shows the plausibility of a rather rare type of snow slab instability that could possibly explain the Diala Pass incident. They didn't say we proved it, we, they didn't say we, we absolutely, they said possible and plausible. And those are the same kinds of words that you read through any scientific publication. Some news site will pick out an article and say, this is proof, masks absolutely protect you. And then you read the article and it's like, they said, don't wear the mask, it doesn't protect you. But it said, could, possibly, might, maybe, we're not really sure, but believe us, we have lab coats and Doctors have stethoscopes, and they also have rectal thermometers. Bend over. We're going to shove it up your ass like a Chinese COVID-19 test and swirl it around 10 times, and we've got this. We can stick it up there, so you better believe us. You better believe what we tell you. Smithsonian Magazine and others published this report simply asking the question if scientists have figured out what happened to these hikers. Others have been sharing it on social media saying, look, they finally figured it out. Well, you didn't read the article because they didn't figure it out. They said plausible and possibly. Those aren't definitive answers to me. But let's say an avalanche took out these hikers. If an avalanche took out these hikers, let's ask a few questions. Why were their, their supplies and their tent and their plate of sallow pork fat just abandoned without any warning, just abandoned, and they cut their way out of the tent? Why did some of them run down the mountain, which, by the way, were in sub-zero temperatures, barefoot? or with a single boot, or with socks. 
Seems like you try to throw some boots on. How is it that one of the women was found without a tongue or eyeballs? How is it that if an avalanche killed them and it cracked the skull, broke the ribs, and gashed their head, different injuries to different people, how is it that the doctor who examined the body said, this is equal to the effect of a car crash? Yeah, maybe the broken rib, maybe the fractured skull, but not the missing eyeballs and the missing tongue. Maybe the woman bit it off. Wouldn't it be in her mouth or close by, or wouldn't she be covered in blood maybe if she bit her tongue off? Maybe an animal ate it. Maybe an animal ate her eyes. Well, maybe if an animal was eating her tongue and her eyeballs, it would have had seconds on one of the other eight hikers. Doesn't really make any sense. By the way, when you're in a car crash, do your clothes become radioactive? Because, yeah, they found radioactive material on some of the clothes. And from what I originally read, although this is even more, you know, disturbing than even what I've shared with you so far, I've read things from some of the you know initial reports and stories that, I, that I've looked at in the past that these hikers went in different directions. Some of them stopped to make a fire. I, it just doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, some of the stories were that they were discombobulated because of the avalanche, but then they ran behind each other in single file line. Some had shoes, some didn't. It just doesn't really make any sense. Now, Perhaps whatever happened to them, the end result was staged. I've thought maybe what happened were, you know, was that there were there was an intentional removal of the eyes or the tongue, or there was an intentional maybe the tent was reset back up. I have no idea. But I can tell you that the scientists that published that report in Nature also don't have an idea. I can speculate just like a scientist. I can say maybe an avalanche did something to them. Sure, great, whatever, but it didn't make them radioactive. However, it didn't make them radioactive. There is the story of the golden woman who lurks in the mountains of the Urals called the Zolotayababa. There is also, uh, according to reports, there was a, a, a Soviet gulag very close by. There were reports of strange lights in the sky because they photographed those strange lights in the sky. Some believe they were UFOs. Obviously, if they were unknown, they were flying objects that were unidentified. Some people believe that they were military choppers, that these students had been the uh, victims of a military experiment. And so people have said military experiments, UFOs, they've gone so far as to suggest that they were killed by the Yeti. Now, I interviewed Mike Lebecki, world-famous climber, and although he didn't really want to get into the details of stuff, that just wasn't his, his thing, he was on the Discovery Channel on a uh, documentary where he went to the Ural Mountains and he went to the location, he went through the town and went through the location where these hikers passed through. And uh, the, the Discovery Channel, they filmed and they talked to the locals. And the, the whole video, the whole documentary was basically about how they found evidence that the Yeti killed these hikers. 
And we interviewed Mike Lebecki and my co-host Mike D and I, we were talking to him, and I hadn't actually seen the documentary at the time. I didn't have cable, but Mike D had seen it. And he asked Mike Lebecki, he said, so, you know, you guys found this evidence of the Yeti, like you actually found like, like a monstrous nest or, and Mike Lebecki, it was like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, look, the, the discovery channel was very nice to me. And you know, they, so he's, you know, he's playing his cards, right? But he said, no, he said, they made all that stuff up. He said, you remember that sound at the end where they said it was a Yeti? Like, <laughs> he said, they just made that up. They just like had people make noise into a, into a shotgun microphone and they made it up. And Mike's, Mike Deese had asked him and I, I remember seeing the picture and I, we talked about it. Uh, the, the, the guy in the, uh, by the tree, if you've seen the picture, the guy by the tree, people have said, that's the Yeti by the tree. And Mike Lebecki was like, now nah, that was just a guy in a coat, <laughs> you know, so using this as a case study, I, I, when I interviewed Mike Lebecki and we talked about this, it was like, well, I don't necessarily think that a Yeti or a Sasquatch is a mystical, magical creature that doesn't exist. I mean, there are things that are identified as those creatures, so they kind of exist in the imagination. Maybe they're thought formations. Maybe they're real. We just don't see them. I mean, hell, most of you have probably never seen a flamingo or a penguin. That doesn't mean they're not real. So I realized that information can not only be skewed, but information that is in context is virtually impossible to come by when you get it from sources of information that wish to project a certain narrative or a certain you know, perception. If you listen to the Discovery Channel and that, that movie, that's what you're going to get. The Yeti's real. The guy that was there and filmed it told me it was all made up. I tend to believe Mike Lebecki that it was all made up because it sounds like an episode of Ancient Aliens. That's why in Ancient Aliens they say, could, uh, you know, could they uh, have been here on Earth millions of years ago? I mean, it's possible. Well, of course, anything's, anything's possible. Of course, yeah. Did the hikers go up in the Ural Mountains and, you know, commit suicide? Yeah, it's possible. It's not why they went up there probably, but they could have killed themselves. Aliens could have eaten them. The Yeti could have gotten them, but it was all made up. Okay, well, if it's not the Yeti, then what was it? Well, some people say that it was a secret weapons test. Others say that it was a clash with the indigenous Manzi people. The lead investigator, Leave Evanoff, said that they encountered, quote, an unknown elemental force with which they were unable to overcome. Well, that's, you know, obvious. You know, they obviously were un unable to overcome it. They died. <laughs> so... It's not that that's a preposterous statement. It's just like a way to, okay, we really don't understand what happened. Don't really get it. So it was just a mysterious force and case closed. And that's the way that we try to understand because we just, we can't comprehend those things that are beyond the vision and beyond the scope of our belief. And so since we can't believe them, we suspend disbelief. And when we suspend disbelief, we do it because we want to believe in something that's fictional. 
Now, when psychologists and psychiatrists come to you and they're like, the only boys and people believe in conspiracy theories is because they just can't understand or come to grips with reality. Granted, I'll give you the fact that if you think the Illuminati reptilian elite sponsored the halftime show of the Super Bowl, yeah, you probably have a hard time functioning in daily life. Okay, the, the clickbait conspiracy theorists on YouTube, you probably have a hard time functioning in real life. However, if you tell me that an avalanche killed these nine hikers, and I ask you, if an avalanche killed these nine hikers, then how come when the, when the people that went up to find them went up to find them and they found the tent, they found footprints in the snow, and they determined, oh, the hikers went that direction and that direction. Please explain to me how a 200-mile-per-hour avalanche of how many tons of snow Cracked skulls, ripped eyeballs out, ripped tongues out, but there were still footprints in the snow. Can anybody explain that to me? No, you can't explain it. So since it's so unexplainable, we just, no, it doesn't matter. Maybe something happened to these people, and then there was an avalanche. You know, back in 2017, there was a story about People that were working at the embassy, U.S. Embassy, in Havana. And uh, the story goes that they got very sick and they sustained injuries that were internal. And uh, some of them were, you know, had brain damage. And at the time, I said on the secret teachings, and I believe it was Brad Olson and I, we went on Ground Zero, and we also we talked about it off-air a lot, about how there were likely some form of sonic weaponry used because the way that those types of weapon systems work is that they cause the very effects of what these embassy workers felt. The mainstream media was very quick to dismiss the notion, saying that they didn't find the sonic weapon at the embassy, so it wasn't a sonic weapon. They said, we're not even sure if these weapons exist. Well, that's absolutely preposterous, because it's been well known that if you use electromagnetic waves of a certain uh, hertz, 10.8 hertz can cause a calming behavior. If you go lower at 6.6 hertz, um, uh or rather, 6.6 hertz can cause uh, calming behavior. If you go higher at 10.8, it causes, it causes riotous behavior. Um, if you go to a, a, a certain level, you can cause people to hallucinate. I mean, we have technology like the, the sound beaming technology to beam sounds into people's heads, and other people around you can't hear the sound of your music or your video game or your movie. It's very similar to that man Aaron Alexis who opened fire at the Washington Naval Yard in 2013, hearing voices in his head saying people were following him, beaming voices into his head, trying to get him to do bad things. Well, it came out later and just recently. Well, it turns out we were correct. A U.S. government report three years later in 2020, it was found that the most likely source of the injuries of these embassy workers were from microwaves. Even the New York Times ran the headline. Report points to microwave attack as likely source of mystery illness. So, it wasn't so crazy after all. Likewise, the Yellow Pass incident, 
many have speculated, was the result of, well, a number of things, but some form of military experimentation, some type of sonic-like weaponry, some type of microwave weaponry. This would cause people to take their clothes off, even in severe temperatures. It would cause internal injuries, like internal bleeding, broken bones, even without any external visible reasoning for why those things had occurred. It would cause disorientation. I would imagine at a certain frequency it could maybe even you know explode organs, could maybe the eyeballs. That's just pure speculation. I don't know. But I'm saying that that is probably a more likely explanation, some kind of secret weapons test or some kind of military experiment uh, or they just happen to be in the way of something, you know, it doesn't like they were targeted. Uh, much more likely for that to be the case than an avalanche. Avalanches don't cause radioactivity. Avalanches, I'm sorry if there's an avalanche, uh, there ain't going to be footprints left after the fact. Now, maybe you're, you're tired at this point of hearing about the Diala Pass incident, but let me just re- 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 let me restate once more, one last final time, the reason that this subject is the topic of tonight's show is not only because it's topical and because it's one of the things that has always frightened me and and I wanted to talk about the new research but because it's case study we don't understand and we're afraid and so just like those psychologists and the psychiatrists say oh yeah you just can't believe in reality so you have to believe these crazy ideas well exactly people who think aliens killed the hikers well they've pretty much suspended there's ends of disbelief. Maybe aliens did kill them, I don't know, but there's no evidence of that at all. You're supposed to have evidence and a theory or find evidence to the theory, not alter the theory to align, or not alter the evidence to align with the theory. You're supposed to alter the theory to align with the evidence. If there's no evidence of aliens, then there's no evidence of aliens. Now, is there evidence of an avalanche? Sure, but is there evidence when you go beyond that to see a woman with her eyes and tongue cut out, radioactive, on the side of a mountain? Is that, a, is that an avalanche? No, that's not an avalanche. So you've got to throw part of that theory out. It's not an avalanche. So it's all must be the military. It must be this. It must be that. It must be a Yeti. Michael Lebecki from the Discovery Channel came on. He said, oh, they just made all that stuff up about the Yeti. What I'm saying is this is a microcosm, this story. Where we suspend disbelief because it's just it doesn't make any sense. None of this adds up. So let's just believe in the fiction. Let's suspend disbelief, believe in fiction, and it'll, it'll just be, it'll be easier to deal with reality. If we do that. And what happens is when we can't deal with reality, we just we shut down and we, we call people names. Conspiracy theorist, Satanist, libtard, Trump supporter. Apparently that's an insult now. And you can sit there and say, well, you know, that these hikers didn't die from an avalanche because one of them had her eyes cut out or, you know, tongue removed. And there are explanations for that that are natural. But one wonders why the other hikers didn't have the same things occur to them. One wonders why there was radioactivity on the clothing. One wonders why there were footprints present in the snow to allow the, the rescue team to magically find out where the hikers went. But they couldn't, you know, find anything else. They just found, you know footprints in the snow after a giant avalanche they magically found the tent sticking up from a giant avalanche and the tent they found food on a plate in the tent ready to be eaten probably pretty frozen at that point 
but the 200-mile-per-hour avalanche didn't knock that food off the plate. Doesn't make much sense. And if you question it, oh, you don't believe in science. Look, they figured it out. It was an avalanche. Really? Because I read that report, and it says plausible, and it says possibly could explain. It doesn't say this is what happened. Oh, you believe you don't believe in science, Mr. Gable. You just don't you don't want to take a vaccine. What are you talking about? You don't believe in science. Don't believe in science. I read on Pfizer's website they used eight people, gave the vaccine to them, and said it was 95% effective and didn't explain what it was 95% effective in doing what? Did their fingers fall off? You know? I read Merck's website. Merck said we're not going to make the vaccine for COVID-19. We are going to halt the production because it's dangerous and it's safer just to get sick and get better. That's what Merck said. Can you believe Merck? The company that wants to Merck you said you'd better off just don't buy our product, get get sick and get better because our product's going to kill you. I mean, even Merck said that. Pfizer said, Pfizer was 95% effective. And that's what they use as evidence for everything. Oh, it's 95% effective. Everything's 95% effective. Great. They're all, and that's not even true. It's like one vaccine was 95% effective and that was fraud. Not all of them. You know that? Not all of them. An avalanche killed these hikers. Yeah, what about the one with their tongue cut out? What about the radioactivity? What about the footprints in the snow? That doesn't make any sense if the avalanche is the explanation. You see, don't suspend disbelief. Be willing to disbelieve in anything. Not because you don't like it. Not because you don't agree with it, but because it doesn't make sense. Use your reasoning facilities to discern what is more accurate. Truth can be very subjective, but if you don't use those reasoning faculties, then you will be subject to what other people want you to believe. And that really is, hopefully, the moral of tonight's story. Think for yourself, and you're not going to do it because I'm telling you to do it, but I've shown you tonight how to do it. That's how you think for yourself. Oh, there's no way it was an avalanche. Avalanches don't make people radioactive but they conveniently don't tell you about the radioactivity. They conveniently don't tell you about those other details. Pfizer doesn't bother to tell you they only tested their vaccine on eight people. Nobody bothers to tell you that masks are typically worn so you don't, you know, sweat or you don't cough or accidentally sneeze inside of a person who you're performing open heart surgery on. They don't tell you that the micron size of a virus is smaller than the size of the mask. They tend to omit a lot of details. And people omit details for a lot of different reasons. But when you have a lot of omissions, and it becomes difficult to really understand what's going on, so you just just, just don't believe anything except what you're told, which, when you suspend disbelief, becomes, uh, well, what amounts to, by the definition of, of what suspending disbelief is, it amounts to a fantasy. That's all it is. It's just a big fantasy. Doesn't mean the rest of us are living in reality, but if I know that I'm not believing a fantasy, I know I'm living a little bit closer to reality than other people. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all so much for joining us this evening. We'll be back tomorrow with another broadcast, as we are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate through PayPal. I'll give you the email, rdgable at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the website and you can donate through the website. It's the same PayPal, but you'll get to click the button. If you donate $40, you get access to the archive for one year. 
now powered by Captivate. You also get access to the montages. You get access to all my digital books and a free copy of one of my books autographed and free shipping in the U.S. You can use the subscription deal to renew your subscription. You can use it to get that book, even if you have it, if you want to give it away as a gift or have me ship it to somebody else. A lot of listeners do that. If you have any questions, just use the email to contact me, rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay safe, stay informed. Remember, when you support us, it supports not just us, the secret teachings, but it supports the Fringe FM and you. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.